And hello everyone, welcome back to Top of the Card, the four-person wrestling podcast that is not timely but is opinionated. Talking about wrestling, actual wrestling, everything from WWE to AEW and everything in between. It is a lot of stuff going on right now. I am your co-host, Scott. Joining me, as always, is GMSG. How are you doing? Uh, extremely tired. Gonna miss a lot this weekend, being in Arkansas, which I'm flying in like 36 hours or something. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Traveling for a move or? Wedding. Wedding. Ah, uh, so h- how I long are you? How long are you out? Are you out for the Forbidden Door? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, I'm flying back during Forbidden oh, Door. Oh, that's the one I was like. This summer has so many shows. I couldn't remember which ones were which. So, yeah, it's it's gonna be some craziness coming up. Uh, Red, how about you? Are you traveling this weekend? <laughs> to my couch to watch Forbidden Door too. Hey, there you go. But how are you doing? But I'm doing good. I uh, I got my nap in today, so I'm well rested, <laughs> and I'll be good to maybe make it two hours tonight. Let's uh, only well, make it one. Yeah, it's only going to be one. That's the the plan. So, uh, this is it. We don't have Jeremy. He is out for tonight. So we are jumping ahead and forging on, forging on, fo- soldiering on, fostering on, continuing on. We're moving on. Without him this week, he is out of commission. Like I said, he's busy. He's fine. This he's busy. And uh, yeah, we're diving in. This is top of the card pod on Twitter. Top of the card podcast wherever you podcast wherever you're listening to it now. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all that fun stuff. Go through there. You can find our Discord. Also goes to our for- <laughs> our Forbidden Door Prediction League. Our Frontline Prediction League. With Forbidden Door coming up. And you can tell that's on our mind. That is uh, Frontline League over on Twitter as well. And that's where all like fake wrestling stuff is. And some fun stuff there with character chat. And some really cool stuff that we're doing with Forbidden Door. With people from like other promotions outside of the FPL. They get to come in and have some matches and crossover matches, and we're looking forward to it. And it's going to be some neat, neat stuff. But uh, that's Sunday. That's that's another topic for another time. Uh, specifically, Trenches every Thursday. Beer me, and I'll be recording that tomorrow. You'll well, I mean, by the time you hear this, it'll be after. But I'm rambling. We actually surprisingly don't have all that much to talk about, but it is some pretty big stuff. The main thing is CM Punk is back. We talked about that last time. We knew that was happening. It was like the the worst kept secret again in wrestling, and here we are. But it is with Collision. Collision did debut. We were talking about what numbers we think it'll make. We were talking about a bunch of stuff with that in the opening match because that got announced during the last Dynamite and or podcast recording. And yes, it's Dynamite Night, August, August June twenty first. I'm at the top of my game tonight, guys. This this is this is good stuff here. June 21st, it's 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Dynamite is on. It's the go-home for Forbidden Door. But Punk came back. CM Punk came back, had his match. It was apparently a good match by all uh, accounts. Uh, I didn't watch it. Again, uh, Saturday Night Wrestling. I generally don't watch that because I'm out and indisposed. So that happened. Um, but before that, there was also this ESPN interview promoting it. And nothing bad about that. Supposedly... Uh, because apparently he was saying things because something leaked about the story that would be saying a lot of stuff that rubbed people the wrong way, and it would be topics that he was allowed to talk about legally and edited things out, and AEW was aware, blah, blah, blah. And then Punk said something about a tweet or Instagram post about the calls coming from inside the house. And when the interview came out, it was really a lot of nothing, really, aside from, yeah, he doesn't get along with Hangman, and... He's tried to work it out with the others. He's apologized to Tony Khan, and he's tried to deal with the others, and they apparently didn't want to or said go through the lawyers, and ESPN's article even said that. They reached out to uh, the Bucks and Omega and Hangman, I believe, and they either had no comment or said talk to the lawyers, which for anybody saying, oh, they're being bitches about it, that's perfectly fine to do. Like, don't pull that card either. Like, you you can just be like, we don't need to deal with this, and, and don't. That's It is fine, like, just for the record. Uh, but the fact Punk apologized to Tony Khan, cool. I, I like that, because that's really the main man he should have apologized to at the start of all this. And the interview was a lot of nothing, so it seems like the, the call from inside the house was they were trying to, to spur things and make it seem like Punk was really being negative and bad when it wasn't all that much. And, like, is that a case of... I, I would say the Bucks, but, like, the EVPs trying to stir things up and pick sides and make it this and that and whatever like it's it's speculation city all over again and i maintain this whole time that if it's towards building a storyline fine 
you can build a storyline, you can go this route, you can do these things. But just like when the Bucks and Omega are ha and were referencing Punk when they made their in-ring return to an audience that generally is either smart enough to understand and gets it and laughs or doesn't know what's happening and wonders why the Bucks are mimicking Punk who's out injured, who was last their world champion. Like, it, it doesn't work. And if you're building towards something, fine. But if you're not, don't waste time on this. Like, stop doing this. Because if, if they're legitimately not going to work together, for whatever reason, this stuff needs to stop and just move on. Everything from the counterfeit Bucks line, whatever. Like, if it's not going to happen, don't, don't tease it. Because the audience that knows will want you to talk about the stuff that they legally can't, thanks to whatever injunctions and whatnot there are that are blocking them talking about it. And the ones that don't know, don't know. And this teasing whatever storyline makes them think that they're going to get a storyline when they're not going to get a storyline. So, like, anyway, that didn't even lead to a million on Collision's debut. It was like 0.7, I think, GMSG, to go to you first here. It did not break a million, and I, I think we were thinking that it could. And with the situation set up, it probably would, but it did not, right? It was like 813, I think. 8.8, .8, okay. Yeah, but, I mean, I had a feeling with the way they were acting, and then that interview, they're splitting their fan base. Like, most, of, like, at least half of their fan base is hardcore fans. I'd say at least 500,000. And one half says CM Punk. One half says fuck you, Punk. One half yep. says be the elite. One half says fuck the elite. Or flip the elite. Like It was uh, it was 816,000. Hmm. Which is a good number, but considering like Dynamite had 832,000. Um, a good Dynamite would pull over one. Like they get... Great like, yeah. the way, when you got like your big Moxley main event or your Punk appearances they'd pull over one million so the cm punk return uh, clearly shows diminishing returns like they did not get to have it again like they, they actually got to do it again six months later and it didn't break a million yeah it it's gonna be interesting in the next few weeks it's gonna be worse once it's fall and they're going against college football well i mean they're going into canada with poor ticket sales no less for the next shows like that's a canadian tour and it's it's gonna be yeah. rough yeah, I mean, crazy thing is uh, Rampage actually did decent this week, too. Mm -hmm. And by decent is 423,000, so... Oof, that's a far cry. But that is the third trial at this point. Like, that's... It's the forgotten yep. show. It's the new Dark show. I mean... No, I mean dude, Ring of Honor is the new Dark show. When you look at some of the yeah, stuff they're doing, that, it truly is dark. Like, even the Dark Order storylines are over there. It's, it's rough. Um... The one thing I will give uh, Collusion credit for is I love the look of it. The look of it is fantastic. I love the stage. That's a lot of fun. Uh, I like the commentary. Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness. That's awesome. Uh, JR, odd man out for the third. Didn't quite fit. Uh, by all accounts, even his own. He is not going to be there again. He said he's taking some time. He did fall and give himself a black eye before the show, so that wasn't great. But overall, yeah, you got Miro back. You got... Uh, Andrade back facing Buddy Matthews. Thunder Rosa conspicuously absent even though she was the first name of the whole thing. But they had Punk and they had FDR and they had Jay White and they had the acclaimed saying they'll be on every Wednesday and every weekend. And I mean that's a whole separate thing now where Punk is on Dynamite right now because the elite aren't and that's that's the, the roster split quote unquote where basically whatever talents on one show will not be on the other, and they'll move them around accordingly. So, uh, did you watch any of Collision though? Because I saw the clips like usual. I, I I don't I did not watch it, but I saw the stuff afterwards. Like I said, I saw the look of it. By all accounts, it was a fun show, a good start. But you got to think sub million is a disappointment. But what what did you think watching it, or did you? Uh, I was actually watching movie with my dad since it was his birthday and Father's Day was the same weekend. <laughs> Um, no, I just checked out on Twitter and our Discord and then instantly turned off our Discord for that. Because uh, that show was just weird and fans were already arguing in our Discord. And it, it, they literally split their fan base. Mm -hmm. And it's going to come back to bite them. We've heard issues of, oh, backstage fights in WWE and Impact and all these other companies. But they settle it backstage and don't make it like massive to the fan base where they have to choose. Splitting a roster for that, 
it Thunder Rosa was the mainstay for the females for that show wasn't even there. Advertised everything, not there. I, I don't know what they're planning, but this roster thing's gonna go real south. They've been struggling and fighting for an identity of their own, and I don't mean that like they're failing, but they're in that million range for the shows, which is nothing bad. Like I said, like it's it's not a bad thing. But to split the roster, it's like you, they do need to split the roster, yes, in a sense of they have so much talent they need to showcase it. But they've done it in a way where it's making people choose sides. But they also haven't really done it because it's not like oh I watch Collision on Saturdays. No, if you watch Punk, you got to figure out where he is, and that's almost worse. That's what I was talking about last time. Where like if they move things around, I get to watch Punk on Saturdays. Oh, or is it on Wednesdays? Well, which one am I watching? They're counting on you watching both. Let's be clear there. But that's that's part of this craziness. Uh, Red, what about you? Did you watch this first episode? I think that you were intrigued by the collision. You called it a car wreck, I think, was the, the possibility going into this. After it's all said and done, this first one, what did you think? So, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch it other than, like, follow along on Twitter and Discord. I had something come up, so mm-hmm. I wanted to watch it. But I got a good chunk of the matches through Twitter, through YouTube, and I think I, w- I want to say that it was a very good, well put show for a first show. I think it's something that they could continue, but th- it feels like here we are. This is what we are, but this is all you're going to get. This is the best we can give you. Like they yeah. threw all the stops out of the first show. I'm very interested on what happens on the next few weeks. Now, we already got a 4v4 match, which, uh, yay, I guess. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Punk just because he lost his charm seven years ago for me. But uh, I, if it draws the numbers, it draws the numbers. The problem is, is there's no numbers yet. Now, could it be the first show and then nobody was ready? They wanted to see how it actually is tuned in. So then now they're going to tune in this week. This week's Forbidden Door, so maybe it's just a wrestling weekend. You watch all the shows. The numbers could go up. Um, but it, it, we said this before. The first show is going to be here we are, what we are. It's going to bring in numbers. I thought it would be a million. It only hit up 800,000. But if they continue to hit 800,000 weekly, they're going to be on par with what Dynamite does. So it's not like mm-hmm. it's going to be a... A show or B show, if they're bringing in the same numbers, they're going to be pretty even. It's going to show over the next month if it starts to dwindle off. And if people do start picking sides, do they want to watch wrestling on a Wednesday night? Do they have time to watch wrestling on a Saturday night? Like, and we've talked about how poorly of a decision it is to have a Saturday show for, you know, sports and all that are coming up. So it, it's going to be telling over time if it becomes a B show. Or it's going to be equivalent. I, I think Dynamite's always going to reign supreme, but I could see Collision if they keep pulling out the stops and just make it like a Saturday night main event kind of thing, where the bigger matches on Saturday nights, it could draw in bigger numbers than Wednesday night. That's a fair point. If those matches are consistently built as big from the get-go, that could work. But I've said that with Dynamite before, too, where it's a big announcement. It's going to be a big thing. Well, when that's all you have, that becomes the norm. And there's nothing special about it. Which I know is a misnomer. Like, oh my god, they're, they're just giving away free matches. Who cares? Yeah, but that's just it. They always do. There's no, like, I gotta see this one. Like, if they start strong, point eight, nothing to sneeze at, but it really should have been one. I, I, I gotta think they were hoping for one. Um, I don't know. If that's the best they could do for the start. Like, I, I really hope that if anybody there did say, let's hold back until episode two to really go nuts with it that person got a stern talking to because that's not how you debut something except if you're going to debut rampage and then go to Chicago with CM Punk the next week for the second episode. Like that's the only way you do that. Cause that's exactly what that was. This isn't that this is CM Punk back for the first time in nine months with a live microphone advertised and in a match with Samoa Joe FTR juice Robinson and Jay white. And there was a team title match Wardlow versus Luchasaurus as I predicted there was a title change because that's just what wrestling companies do with debut shows they like to make it like oh you gotta watch it we got a title change that thanks for 60 days Wardlow but that's it served the purpose that gave you a title change Luchasaurus has the belt now like things like that 
they tried to make it worthwhile and a bigger deal because of that. And all they got was 0.8. I'm not saying at one breath, 0.8 is not bad. But if they pulled out all the stops and their best was 0.8, we have a problem because that means the average will be less than that. If they're able to keep 0.8, okay. Then it's probably feasible to keep this thing going. But I, I just don't know. I guess the other thing with all of this is the Bucks and Omega and all that craziness. And when you, you see Punk's interview and all the talking there, like I did realize one thing is that people are like, oh, you can't blame the EVPs. Punk said, come to my door. Come find me if you got a problem with me, blah, blah, blah. They did. And I tell you what, this would not have happened anywhere else because maybe they're not good at being EVPs. Like, maybe they're good at everything else with business stuff and promotion stuff and uh, and balancing it with matches and all this stuff. And they're great people in talking to others and dealing with things. I'm not knocking any of that. That's not the question here. But when this stuff came to light and this is how it got handled and this is what ended up happening. Okay. I mean, you can look at it where you ended up with a forced roster split between locker rooms because they literally will not work together because Tony Khan's afraid of the confrontation of it. Or you could spin it that we got a second show on TNT for two hours and a d- billion dollar deal with Warner. Yeah, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Um, that said, AEW Forbidden Door is this weekend. Um, it's Toronto. It's not even sold out yet. We were just talking before the podcast. I find that to be insane that there's a Toronto pay-per-view not sold out. And I uh, Red was asking, like, the arena. And as far as I understand it, whenever WWE comes to Toronto, it's generally the Air Canada Centre, or the Scotiabank Centre, I think it's called now, or Rogers Centre. They keep renaming it. Different banks have bought it, but uh, and tele- uh, television companies. But it's where the Maple Leafs play. And that's, like, 15 to 20K, 18 generally for, like, Raw kind of thing. I, I believe Raw and SmackDown, when they're there, like, Raw's going there in August with Edge. I, I, that's already you can buy your tickets. Uh, but that's not where they went. I think that's where they went for their debut, like, last August, uh, if I'm correct, but... Oh, sorry, that was Coca-Cola Arena, which I believe is where they're heading for this one as well. That's where WWE goes for their house shows. Like, 7,000 people, that's what they did for that. That's... uh, It's in between. Um, I'm gonna look up the arena, because I'm truly forgetting what arena it's in as we talk. Which one is it? Scotiabank? Scotiabank, yeah. Okay, that is the TV one for WWE. So they're not even selling that out. And now I, I could knock this all day long about how negative that is, whatever. I'm, I'm not truly trying to do that. But I find it insane that they can't come to Canada for their debut pay-per-view outside of the country. In Canada, in Ontario, in Toronto, and can't sell it out. That is insane to me. With a smart wrestling crowd, and they are, uh, with Danielson versus Okada, and Omega versus Osprey, like it, this isn't GSP selling out fifty thousand seats at the UFC for Skydome. Like they can't just say he's he's going to be here against Jake Shields, one of the blandest fighters there is, but still sold out. Yeah, it's Omega's not that big of a draw. I mean, if it was Winnipeg, maybe, but he's not a big draw. They and they haven't even put any other Canadians on the card. Like there's no Jericho as of yet. There's not even Ethan Page. And, hell, he isn't even on the posters for the Hamilton show that he's promoting a lot. Uh, Christian's not even on the card. Like, what's... Leverage your guys. Like, what's what's happening here? You put Ty on. He's from Vancouver, but still Canadian. Like, what what is happening? I don't understand. And when you go through that... And actually, forgive me, I'm laughing because I'm just realizing as I look at AEW's Twitter, they still have Wardlow with the belt. They didn't replace Evoluchasaurus yet on their Twitter header on the Rampage side of it. And Collision's not even on that on the AW on TV Twitter. But I digress. That's just funny of its own accord. They do list Collision, but it's an old graphic. <sighs> um, I don't know how it hasn't sold out. Like, it, there should be enough there to do it. And that is just silly to me. I, I don't get it. Um, if I was in Toronto, I'd go to it. Because, like, that sounds like a cool show. That's a rarity. I don't know what kind of market New Japan has. CT's uh, wondered that historically based in Canada. Like, what what kind of strength is there for that? And I, I truly don't know. 
last time New Japan was in Canada really was on like a War of the Worlds show with ROH back in like 2010 or something or 2011, 2009. I, that long ago. So like they don't come to Canada. But the audience knows and they see Dynamite and they know this stuff and they see Impact. Impact has Canada a lot. That's, I don't know. I don't know. Red, what's your, what's your feelings with Forbidden Door? Like, are you interested? Are you intrigued to see IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Sonata defend against Jack Perry or should someone go out there and attack him and replace him? Like, I don't know, Chris Jericho even. Like, give us a more meaty match or is Danielson versus Okada and Osprey versus Omega? Like, is that enough for you? Like, it, I need Suzuki. Odds are he'll be there. I really like. He's at the he's Suzuki. at the meet and greet. He's uh, he's got a match. He'll be there. So that's a safe bet. That's a safe one there. Because yeah. he just wrestled right now with Jericho. And yeah, there match. you go. But yeah. um, no, see, I'm curious because I really don't know a lot about New Japan. I know that I've heard the names. People on our Discord have talked about them multiple times. But I'm curious: is the problems not so much the draw on AEW side, more on the New Japan side? Do these guys still draw like they used to? Or some of the names have been around for years, almost decades, I would assume, to the point where they've, they're in the older of the people and they're just not as good anymore? Or I, I really don't know, and you guys probably answered that for me. I wouldn't say it's that bad. Um, even if someone is older in New Japan, they can still go. Like, if you can't go in New Japan, you're not in New Japan. Uh, that's a general consensus that I've seen. There obviously are people who are not good in New Japan. I, I know it's an overgeneralization. Um, but in, in, in general, uh, those older guys who are the names, like the Tanahashis or the Shingo Takagis and stuff like that, these, these guys who've been there forever, they're good in their draws. Uh, and they'd be rare to see at this level in Canada. Right? So like it, it sh they should be a draw for the smart fans. And I would think there's more than... 18k of them in Toronto, so I, I I really don't know. But is that your thought that they're just like they're old and washed up? I'm not saying they're old and washed up. I'm just saying like the Forbidden Door concept last year was fresh and new. But aren't some? I have to look at the names. But aren't some of the people we got last year the same people we're getting this year? So it just yeah. feels like well, it's the same a roster. repeat, well, rinse and wash and repeat. No, I mean Tanahashi is going for the AEW title again. That's the story, but. That's because MJF wasn't there last time, and he is this time. And it's not against Moxley or, or MJ or Punk. It's against MJF this year. Like, like Tanahashi is quite literally one of the biggest draws they have. Okada is literally one of the biggest draws they have. To not have them would be silly. Just having them again because it's repetition also is silly. That's like saying not having Moxley on it would be bad because we had him last year. Well, no. They're going to have the biggest names. So you're going to have a lot of the same guys in different situations. I feel I'm just I'm just curious if like I don't know the roster size. Are there other people they could have had? Like, is New Japan is New Japan strong as well? There's people on that show that I would imagine they could have gotten. Like, I'm not saying it's the same in rinse and repeat, but I'm saying like there are other uh, New Japan people that they could have done for AEW versus New Japan as well. That's my only thing, and that's the only reason why I'm not drawn to it. It just feels like the same show we got last year just mixed around a little. You're not going to get anybody from Strong to replace the names they've already announced. They literally... Yeah. Quite frankly, there's nobody bigger on the New Japan roster than Kazuchika Okada, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Will Ospreay. <laughs> like, those are the biggest names. The other ones in there would probably be like Shingo Takagi, like I mentioned, who's probably going to be there. Minoru Suzuki is a... Minoru Suzuki is not a huge name. He is, but he's not like top-tier, epic A-level draw. He's just done like a US tour or two recently. And has gotten known more to this audience. So he actually is in that stage now. But the idea of saying to have different people than their quite literal top tier talent. Sonata is their world champion. Like, they have the best of the best already announced. So if you're saying there could have been other people, that they would have been lesser. Just because they're not the same as last year, doesn't mean there'd be a bigger draw. Like, if it was... And this is no ill anything towards them. I'm just using comparison's sake. If it was Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto and El Desperado and El Fantasmo. If it was those four instead of Okada and Osprey and like does that make you more inclined? Because those guys are lesser and 
to be fair, most of them were on last year too. But the names we have from New Japan already are the biggest ones in that company. And some of the they biggest... They should have more there. strong talent, for sure. For Cross Strong, sure. They're more name here. Like, Cobb should 100% be on yeah. this card than most people. The New Japan strong talent is, like I said, it's the American branch of New Japan. Those names, that, that's a weird thing, because those are not nearly as big in any regard compared to the New Japan Japanese talent. Like, they don't even hold a candle as far as drawing talent. they're power. more known here. They are more yeah. known, but they won't draw. Like, if you said it's Danielson versus Alex Coughlin, I will jump out of my chair. That sounds amazing. That will draw nothing compared to Danielson versus Okada. Because Coughlin's not the a draw. The bigger matches yet. are, the, like I said this in our personal chat, like, the bigger matches for the show and matchups are the non-world title matches. Jack Perry and Tanahashi should not be, like, there are other people that are way higher that should be in those positions than those two. There's any number of people that could have been in place of Jack Perry. Like, he's good, he's fun. I would have been more happy with Darby Allen in his place. Because he's, that's, if anything of a dream match, Jack Perry does not scream out Jack Perry versus Sonata. Like, it just, it doesn't. It, uh, and again, no disrespect to him. It's going to be a good match. I guarantee it. It's not a draw in any way for me. I know some people are happy. Cool. Who would I want to see face Sonata for the world title out of AEW? I would have listed a dozen people before I got to Jack Perry. I probably wouldn't have thought of Jack Perry. Like, legitimately, he wouldn't come up on my list. Wardlow does Lost Style. That could be interesting. Roderick Strong would be more interesting, I feel. He's a former world champion. Adam Cole trying to get revenge after being knocked out during the one last year. Could have been cool. Sting. You know what? One last world title. Let's go for it. Darby Allen, Sure. Fucking Jay White trying to get it back from the AEW side. Like, I've already listed five off the top of my head that are more interesting than Jack Perry. Jungle Boy getting the shot is like if Tom got a world title shot at a major pay-per-view last year. Yeah. This year, there could be some talk to it. But, like, a year ago, it's like, oh, he was just tag team champions. He hasn't done much since. Let's see. Like, oh, dude. It doesn't make sense right now. The problem with the Jack Perry thing, it was an open challenge and nobody answered before him. Like, I don't know if it's NXT has ruined me on open challenges, but people fighting to answer it, it should have been like, no, I want it. I'm, why are you answering this? I want, I'm going to answer this. Screw you. Like, the, the idea that nobody stepped up to face Sonata before Jack Perry did seems weird to me. I don't know. Call me crazy. But it could be a good guy respect thing for those guys too. I don't know. But, but yeah, Red, so you're, you're thinking like, I know I'm I'm kind of poo-pooing on what you're saying about the idea of, like, it's just the same people as last year but moved around. I mean, yeah, it is. Because that's the top-tier New Japan talent and the top-tier AEW talent. That's just the nature of when you mix those rosters together. Like, they're not yep, going to yep. leave these people off just because we saw them last year. They're the biggest names of the company. So... We only have like uh, four people from New Japan compared to like twenty last year. Yeah, and even the matches well, they had now are tag matches. There's still way less. Like they even did that last I year where know. they threw together matches too. It's like ah oh god. Well, right now there's three open spots for mystery people that it can take that up, which I'm assuming will because they made a five v five, but right now it's a five v three, and there's two mysteries. Then they just made a three v two with another mystery to make a three v three. So Is I, I for, think we're going to get the, that's for Forbidden Door. Yeah. Can you fill us in on so, what those are? <laughs> all right, so 5v5 is going to be... Well, that might help our point Moxley, of what we're talking about, yeah. <laughs> Moxley, Umino, Takashita, Claudio, and Yuta versus Bucks, Hangman, and Two Mystery. The 3v3 is Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki versus Sting, Darby, and a mystery person. So all three of those spots I could see being... Uh, New Japan person. I could see. I could see Shingo on the Sting one because that happened last year and they were similar on that. But I think it was Tanahashi who was hurt, the junior heavyweight champ. He couldn't make it, or so, someone couldn't make it. it. Might have been Shingo. I'm trying to remember now. But somebody couldn't make it and he was all bummed out. So that that might have been Tanahashi, not Takahashi. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not certain. Uh, I don't know who's gonna team with the Bucks in Omega. Uh, that could be like Bishamon or like some some. New Japan tag team or Bullet Club guys like could be something there. Former, I don't know. 
But yeah, so there will be mystery people in there. But even that, they're not telling you who it's going to be. It's going to be mysteries. Like, pr- hopefully they fill that well, in. But guys, can, the pay per view is on Sunday. Like, <laughs> I'm going to cut you off just a little bit. They are saying that Sting's opponent will be announced on Collision. So at least we're finding somebody else out before the show. But I, really, that close to the show, I just make it a mystery. And, let them keep a guess until the actual pay-per-view. Well, I mean, they well, want you to that that's they strong. want you to tune into Collision. That's what they're trying to do. But yeah. just announce I, I have no problem with announcing it now. Like we talk about this every time with every pay-per-view with every company. Oh, if they only did so many, they'd have so much more time to build them. They never do that. They don't. And I get it. I have no problem with Money in the Bank having a SmackDown before that with both the tag titles and the women's title being defended there. I have no problem with that because they're making that a must-see show as well. And not taking it from there. Like, that's that's actually working in both ways to build up and big a big thing for London, blah, blah, blah. I know it's hypocritical, but th- I, I see no problem there. They're doing the opposite here, where they're putting things that don't build towards it. And then putting stuff in where they're announcing something now that'll be announced later. And then later and later, they're stringing you along. Not act- They're not building, they're dragging. I, I feel that's the difference with these ones. And, yeah. But sorry, you said Sting's opponent? Sorry, was he one on one or is he part of a tag? It's him and Darby, right? It's him, Darby, and a third mystery person versus Jericho, Suzuki, and Guevara. Okay, yeah. So in a three v three, and we'll find out who that is on on Sunday. Okay. And it looks like Eddie Kingston will be joining the Bucks and Hangman. I haven't muted, so I'm not sure what was said, but it looks like he'll be that one makes of sense. the five or two mystery people. So. Opposite Mox, that does make sense. Yeah, with the Keshta. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure who the, f- the other would be. That one sounds interesting. Okay, so now that we're actually getting some matches filled in, these sound interesting, but call me crazy, they also sound like filler. Like, uh, like they're trying to get a lot of people on the card, which, again, I get, it's kind of the point of roster versus roster, but that's not what these matches are. They're mixing them up and having feuds go on and just bringing guys in along with it. Like, it's... I don't know. So all that said, with these new matches on top of it, Red, are you interested? Are you intrigued? It's it's growing. It it always helps when there's more matches on the card. I mean, yeah. that's the one complaint like, we've had with AEW. Is they could have done this last five week. days before five days before the show. Oh, by the way, you only know three matches, four matches. Yeah. You're gonna have to wait for us to give you the other nine in the next four days. We know two of the matches for the longest time, and now they're filling in the week of. It's like it's AEW's problem. They always do this, and I give them hell for it every time. It, it's frustrating, but. The more disappointing thing is there's only three champions on the show out of, like, the 20 people so far now added. Yeah, are we are we not getting Sabre versus Cassidy, title versus title? Like, that was even challenged for last week, and I don't know if it's happening or not. So, like, I don't know what's going on there. And, of course, oh, yeah, there's also the Owen tournament opening matches of some number also happening. I don't know what the plan there is, but Ricky Starks is in it and Powerhouse Hobbs is in it. And presumably some New Japan guys will be in it because it's Forbidden Door. So, I don't know the plan there, but... Yeah. Yeah. What about you, GMSG? What's your thoughts with this whole thing? I know I'm crapping over it. I'm watching it Sunday. I have a bot already. I'm watching it Sunday. I am intrigued. Like, despite all of that, I'm intrigued, but I just feel like they could be doing a hell of a better job. It's rough, because I I think CT and I mentioned it. You know, CT, favorite New Japan guy here. Um... (laughs) We were talking about, like, they've been teasing the whole TV champions of ROH and New Japan. And they have the TNT champion. Like, they could, like, we can have champions versus champions of these companies like we did last year without the titles being on the line. So it makes it interesting. Yeah, someone's going to have to lose. You can make it work. MJF's a dirtbag. He can either cheat to win or get screwed over. They even work together, the companies. uh, They they can get wins back later on. Like, it's not like this is the only time, which also defeats the whole purpose of the show. Forgive me, but... It didn't hurt Big E and Drew McIntyre to lose to Roman Reigns. Yeah, because it was Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. And, again, I think he kicked both in the nuts, but I know he did hit Drew. But, like, right now, MJF and Cole are doing a promo segment. You motherfuckers aren't facing at this show. They even went to a draw on the, the the eliminator, so he I doesn't mean, get the shot. They could be making a triple threat. They could be, but he didn't even but win. The, but he lost the eliminator. He went to a draw. He did not earn the match. Like, 
Yeah, and even screws over Tanahashi. And they gave us the match already. We've already seen it now on free TV. There's no reason to buy a pay-per-view to watch Cole versus MJF. Like, they gave it away. I don't know. It's rough. Uh, I am somewhat happy I'm missing most of the show. Like, I want to see Danielson in the... Like, I want to see Osprey, and, like, I want to see those matches. Oh, yeah. But I have no interest in anything else. They I'm knew sorry, what they Tanahashi, were doing I when like they announced you. those early ones, but pff, oh, yeah. for the rest, yeah. Like, I like Tanahashi. He does not fit facing MJ at all. And hell... I'm intrigued by that. Yeah. They could build this just like the ROH Super Card of Honor with, um... G1, I think. You can literally have certain titles defend at the show with people of their own rosters. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a versus show. It can be, but you can have some that aren't. I I wish it was one or the other. If it's versus, yeah. let's go versus. Don't do these mixed teams. And they did that last time. Even Excalibur said, you know, that it's a matter of pride between the rosters and Lance Archer's proud to represent New Japan and blah, blah. Then they had a tag match with, like, guys from both sides. Like, what? I say hypocritical. Like quick. we we do that for our own Forbidden Door. We got some mixed matches too, but it's just weird. Like, what kind of show is it? And I feel like two years in, they still don't know. So, MJF's story right now is that he's not going to show up at Forbidden Door to defend his title. Blah blah blah. Oh, he's New Japan. Yeah, that, that's his thing. He's why, why show up? Yeah. What if they turn into Adam Cole versus Tanahashi as a number one contender match? Would that be a better match? Than no, MJF versus Tanahashi. Would it be a better yeah. actual match? Maybe, probably. Would that be a dick move to like bait and switch a goddamn world title match with legitimately one of their draws, MJF? You better believe it. That would be like, I, that would be so bad. Would I put it I past them? No. Roman and Ray. Like they did it with Roman and Ray before Hell in the Cell, but that was also just not have three Hell in the Cells because they wanted to give one yeah. to women. Still didn't like that. Like I, I I I get the reason why, but I still wasn't a fan of that. Um, but, but they're also needing to sell tickets. Like this, like AEW's not selling tickets to a lot of shows to the point where Pat McAfee made a joke of it, and I don't. He doesn't do that. Or it was tarped weird. off. Yeah. It, that's that was a weird segment to do, but it's just this show. They had months to build this. And I know Double or Nothing was happening. That's how you can book to two different shows, especially if it's involving another company. Mm -hmm. Like, we witnessed WrestleMania be built, and then Backlash and Saudi. It was chaotic, but they booked three shows around each other, and they made it work. What did CT say recently? Um, New Japan basically has all their shows booked through August? Yes. Like, And things change, but that's how far they're working. And yeah, we're weak of Forbidden Door. Like, could you imagine if they did that with the Tanahashi and that, and actually built it to where, oh my God, could Cole face Tanahashi? They didn't do that. Yeah. There's like, oh, it's an eliminator to protect that title match. And Tanahashi, the only reason he wanted it because he came close last year. He wants to to go back there and get that match and get that title, which I like that. That makes sense to me. But that's the only reason they've done nothing with it. And the other guy in the feud literally saying, why would I go there? Which fits his character, I get it, but you got to do more to build that up. You should have Adam Cole being like, I'll f- gladly face Tanahashi. He's one of the best. Let's go. I want to do this. I want to beat you, MJF. Give me another shot. Let me earn this. Let me represent our company. Like, there's ways to do this. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying there's more than nothing, which is what it felt like they've done. And, again, I feel like I'm repeating myself every time, but... We're going to get a week up to all in and they'll build most of that card that week. Because they don't have to. They sold the damn thing out. What's the matter? They, they basically sold these shows out, so it doesn't matter what they do. That's going to stop. Like, they're advertising matches and they're putting tickets are available on those matches week of. Like, it's it's not the glory days anymore, so. I don't know. Yeah, this, the, the Cole and uh, MJF are going to be in a tag tournament together. Oh, that blind eliminator that's happening tonight? Yeah. Which builds towards a tag title shot that has nothing to do with the pay-per-view, right? Yes. Like yeah. they, and then Tanahashi called, um, basically tried to go uh, MJF into accepting the match, or going to show up to Door by saying, oh, you want to prove your strength and then not face uh, New Japan? It's like, 
Yeah, he's, uh, he'll yeah. be like, yeah, sure, screw you. Like that, That's the beauty of MGF. He'd be like, yeah, I don't care. It's, now Cole's calling him a coward. So, yeah. They might triple threat that. They might, thinking on it, but... Like, that. All they, right, they've had all this the time. Match. They've had all Even this though, time. Yeah. And again, the, the, the people are competing for a world tag title shot. But the tag champs are doing some other match because Bullet Club Gold wants that. But this blind eliminator tournament has them going towards contenders. When realistically, we should have what we had last year, where it's FTR versus Bishamon, which is a rematch of the tag title match last year where they won the IWGP tag titles. Like, it's, it's them again. It's the AW tag champs. They were ROH last time. And the IWGP and Strong tag champs. They could do they they could literally rematch that awesome match. They could just have to add Great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb, Didn't which they, they could easily do. Which what's sorry? Aussie Open. Didn't they just sign them? Why not? They're former champions. Let them face it. One of them's well, injured, isn't he? He's hurt. Oh. Yeah, they had to vacate the belts. Yeah, that's why. I thought they had to vacate the belts because they signed. No, the no. Mark oh. Mark Davis's legs all hurt, all messed up. Oh. They had to vacate. Yeah. And then they signed, which was. Good to, good to Tony Khan. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to dispute that, but yeah. But yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we, I, we we can just keep crapping on it, which is a silly thing. I, uh, well, we have not <laughs> more. That's really. Let's go. Let's go. Let's keep it going. Is it crap or is it good? We have two. We have, two. We have Athena versus Billy Starks, Hold and on. CM Punk versus Kojima. Satoshi Kojima, the Dragon. Okay, yeah. no, no, that's Shingo Takagi. Satoshi Kojima is a former IWGP world champion. He's a former mixed martial artist, like legit, versus CM Punk. That's interesting. Guess what? It's not Kenta, which, yup, we're never going to get that. Go to sleep versus go to sleep. CM Punk versus Satoshi Kojima. Okay. And I'm sorry, what's the other match? Athena versus Athena Billy versus Starks? <laughs> what is this? Red, I think you're, you're saying uh, that Willow... Or sorry, Billy Starks versus Athena is on the pre-show, right? Yeah, the uh, third match for the women on the Owen Hart tournament is on the pre-show with the ROH champion versus Billy Starks. So, who's again not even from like anywhere? Yeah, like because well, <laughs> like, like it's not not Stardom. Like she's GCW stuff, obviously, and has done some Japanese stuff. But the fact that they didn't get the Stardom, and no Stardom women, which is it's like. I think the same company owns New Japan that owns Stardom, so it's like they doesn't mean you have to work something out. But they, I mean, Tony Khan does; he owns two companies, whatever. But um, I saw Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale for the AEW Women's Title. Willow is the f- current New Japan Strong Women's Champion, so that seems to be the um, uh, Mercedes Monet position that was going to go and who knows where Soraya was going to fit and all that but she's apparently out of the action right now too so I don't know this card's weird and well we got our fifth for Eddie Bucks and Hangman right we do it is Ishii Tomohiro Ishii I know you're happy about him you like him the no neck basically right ever since that tour last year I like him and I like Suzuki oh yeah when Suzuki was going nuts just kind of wrestling everywhere that was super fun his own summer G1 was a lot of fun. And Ishii did his own kind of version of that, uh, showing up in Impact and the AEW, so that was pretty cool. So, All right, so the card's filling out. They could have easily done some of this stuff a week ago. It does make sense to actually build stuff now when they're there, because clearly they're here now for Sunday, right? Like, okay, so it makes sense, but you still could have built stuff up leading up to this. And... Uh, there, there's also, what, the international title only, even though the New Japan TV title holder and the ROH Pure title holder are challenging Cassidy, right? Like, Katsuyori Shibata, Daniel Garcia, Zack Sabre Jr., and Orange Cassidy in a four-way for the international title. I mean, you don't bet against Orange Cassidy at this point, even still, right? Like, uh, I don't know, it's weird. It's weird. There's some very interesting stuff going on with this card. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll find out what what really happens this Sunday. It's going to be very, very interesting to see just how the heck that all goes down. But uh, I think we'll close this out with a double brothers tag team. Well, not brothers, but 
a double situation of, of things here because it's a very parallel type thing, but like different levels of it, where the Usos turned on Roman and like this bloodline stuff. I know some are saying it could have been done without the world title. Jimmy G, you've been saying a lot. And this actually reminded me of what I was saying before uh, that I forgot about last podcast where I could not remember it. It was the case where the world title is what was elevating it because that was the level of where things were at. I did remember afterwards. Um, but that, I mean, yeah, Roman's not defending it again, and by rights, he probably should have by now, yes, obviously, but uh, the fact that he hasn't means we've got that hope for SummerSlam with Roman solo, Uso, Uso. Uh, but the, the neat parallel is when they left the bloodline, it was like, oh, if you're, if you're out, so am I, and we had amazing face turns against Roman from both Jimmy and Jay. But over in Impact, they have the Motor City Machine Guns as the world champ and exhibition champ. Alex Shelley won it, so both of them have been world champion now. Shelley ha finally got it. Saban had it like 10 years ago against Bully Raider and Aces and Eights way back when. Uh, but Saban actually won the exhibition title for the ninth time, uh, extending his own record from 8 to 9. Um, I don't hate the guns. I like them a lot. They're all right. I don't think they should have come back and derailed the North when they did, going back a few years, but, I mean, things work out the way they do. Uh, it's an interesting thing. I've seen some saying uh, that it's kind of like a thank you for your service moment. Um, I don't fully like that in the sense that it's during Slammiversary time, considering how insane that is, and especially that it undercuts Steve Macklin. But, I mean, it is what it is. Impact and impact. And impact. Uh, at this point, I could see Aldis losing in an insane way, but he really should win that. But yeah, we've got the guns at the top of the card eh, over an impact, which is kind of fun. Uh, but we've also got the Usos really becoming damn near main event singles, guys. So, I mean, we're, we're close, right? Like, it's inevitable at this point. I've seen people saying Roman versus Jimmy is SummerSlam, but I gotta think it's that four-way, so... Over to you, Jim. Is she first on that kind of thing? What's your your feelings here on the two parallels on that? I just or just want to gush about the the bloodline stuff because it is fun. Uh, I mean, one of the things I think that's upsetting me with the impact thing is that was their top two heels losing at the same time to the guys that were just holding the tag tiles within the last year. Within the last so, couple months, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like that. I get it. I. Saban and Shelly are great. They're legends in their own way in the indies. But that Macklin just got cut short not even two months after he won the title. And they already undercut him when he won it because mm. of all this. And, and he proved he could do, hold his own with the PCO match. Like, yeah. Like, oh, his reign wasn't that good. Actually, his reign kind of ruled with it was just getting started, I feel. And then yeah, it got it, cut it short. It didn't even so, get yeah. fully started. Yeah, like, yeah. It was just starting. Like, literally. Shelly seemed like a good first challenger to be like, all right, you know, take it easy, but it'll be a good solid match, and we'll get the real draw for all this at Slammiversary. <gasps> oh. <laughs> like, I would have liked it if, say, like, it was Shelly versus Saban versus Trey, and, like, Shelly won it, and he's like, now I can get my chance at the World Cup. That would have felt way better. You know what? Yeah, worked worked away with the option C. Yeah, yeah. But this just feels weird. Um, yeah, I, I still hit fo hope for the Fatal 4-Way at SummerSlam. I've been wanting that for a while now, and I it was a pipe dream. Were, but now yeah. it's like, oh. <laughs> well, and the thing is, like, Jace is mad at Jimmy, but he's more mad at Roman, and Solo can obviously get mad if like Roman destroys the Usos over and over and over. And he's like, because he did say, "I acknowledge you. They are my brothers, though." Yep. So, and Jay was mad at Jimmy during that segment, so we could have a feud between all four of them. Who's the true tribal chief, which we couldn't technically have without the title, because that's how the storyline started with Jay and him. Mm -hmm. Why can't I be champion? Because you're not ready to be tribal chief. Now, I know Cody's the obvious choice to beat Roman. Now it's back again to possibly Jay. Yep. Jay is the younger twin. He's the main event guy. I like more believable people being potential. Like, it's not just a clear cut. It's going to be Cody. I mean, it still feels that way, but I could see them pulling the trigger on Jimmy or Jay or even Solo. Like, I, I could see it. They're getting yeah. to a weird point with that, so. And it's fun, and, like, people are saying, like, oh, now that the bloodline split, could Roman call in other family members? Well, yeah, he, he could. Mm -hmm. The only one that's equal enough would be Jacob Fatu, but 
he still has at least a year on his contract. Yeah. So or two okay. years. Yeah, I think he could have two years. And who is it in Booker T's promotion? Reality Wrestling. Uh, Zilla Fatu is about to debut. That's another River Kishi Sons. Uh, no, that one is actually Umaga. Rikishi is doing the Las Vegas treatment like he did with Solo, with Solo's younger brother. Zilla is Umaga's son? Yes. I I saw a report saying it was Rikishi's. They must have goofed on that. Um, It's because both Zilla and Rikishi's son both joined independent wrestlings at the same time. Ah, gotcha. Um, Yeah, because there's Lance and Jacob in MLW. Sean Maluda's doing something somewhere. Well, yeah, because Zilla's debuting for ROW, and Jacob Fatu's going to be there, too. Yeah, Rikishi's other son, it starts with an, a T. It's, it's, it's a hard name to spell. But, um, yeah, we could see a resurgence. I mean, I don't want to, but... Because they can change it up. People are thinking, of, like, nation domination repeat, but... No, it's... All hell's going to break loose. And yeah. I like I like that things are moving on. Like I like the tag divisions moved on without the Usos. Like it, it, it works. These guys are able to move over there, and they don't need that those belts in this because it's all and, about the world that, title. Because they're all world title level through yeah, this. Yeah, and the best thing is it stops him them from going right for the tag titles. Which I mean, I'm sorry they they, they should oh, yeah. technically be on the line. Oh, I just saw his name. Where is it? Oh no. Uh, Thumbing. T H A M I K O. Tamiko? Tamiko? Oh, yeah, okay. That's the name of. um... I think he's younger than Solo. I would assume he's younger than Solo, because I know the third brother is Jeremiah, who's like a year or two younger than the Usos. Mm-hmm. That everyone posts the picture of saying, oh, yeah, that's Solo. No, that's not Solo. <laughs> that's another brother. There's a lot of them. Yep. There's supposedly seven. <laughs> But uh, the parallels are similar. I'm money in the bank. That match is going to rule. I, I know Seth's having going to have a great match. I know the money in the bank should be fun. Mm-hmm. Logan Paul's going to do something reason, crazy. The reason why the tag titles are on the show before is because the other tag match is bigger. <laughs> yeah. Sadly. Again, though, they're making they're trying to make SmackDown a worthwhile show too. Yep. Of its oh, own accord, yeah. they're not trying to steal away from it. They're trying to make both shows big. Like they're they're really treating it because they're both in London. It's like it's a two night event. That's yep. how they're treating those. That's backlash. that's the difference compared a uh, backlash too. That's the difference. Even uh, um, uh, Chamber in Montreal because SmackDown was there too. They're yep. treating these like two night events, and that's the difference in in this. Where like, oh, we're building towards this one and toward that one. No, no, they're building toward both. WrestleMania SmackDown. Yeah, it really it really is you know feeling that way. They, so they should market these in a way as the pre-show. They're kind of getting there. I mean, they put the WrestleMania Battle Royal on SmackDown. Like they're 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 at that point with these being WrestleMania caliber matches of the weekend, so yeah. But um, no, Money Bank does look fun. I, I'm very excited for the majority of it. Honestly, like nothing, nothing seems bad from what I can see. Red, how about you? For uh, like I said, the brothers stuff. Like this is a silly question because I know you're familiar with the guns, but how do you feel about them being the world champ and exhibition champ? It, it's a two-folded answer because with them being champions, I believe it. I'm not against either one of them being champion. Yeah. My I, issue is who they defeated and when they defeated it. Yeah. Because not only was it two people that kind of didn't deserve to be beat for a while, at least by these talents, but it was at a special, not a pay-per-view. And I just feel like it, it was you could have had more eyes on it and it would have been bigger of a moment by having them because most of us found out about it through Twitter or whatnot. Like, I don't think a lot of the Discord watched the actual uh, special. They just followed along. So being on a pay-per-view, I think, would have made more sense. But, again, Macklin got screwed over. He just got the title, and you rip it out from underneath him. And not even with shenanigans or whatever, just straight-up lost. Like, I I could see if he tried cheating and then it it went against him or whatever, then sure. Because the crafty veteran and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I get that, but he lost clean. From what I understand, like he, I mean, that's fine. Bent. Yeah, that, that's fine. It's. I just think Macklin should have held on to it longer. Yeah, I. I mean, Trey had it for a very long time, so I have no problem with him losing, and I really don't have problem with it being on the specials because they do treat these like they're monthly, even though they're not full on pay per views, and that's a thing we know very well with the FPL where we don't cover those shows, but they do title changes for like tag titles and exhibition 
on these specials a lot. They do do the world title now and then. I just don't think anybody really believed that Saban and Shelly were going to win those belts on this show. I truly didn't even know if Saban was challenging until like the day of. I'm like, oh, okay. Like it, but I knew Shelly was I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of neat. Like he won the, the, the multi-man match and he got the title shot. So like, okay, that's cool. That's a neat special match. Like Macklin will retain and I'm curious to see who will face a anniversary. It'll probably be oldest. Like that was the narrative. That was the clear cut narrative. And then it was like, oh no, he did. Oh, he lost. He lost. Oh. Well, that sucks. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, okay. Um, I just think, yeah, Macklin got a raw deal. Like I said, he, he proved he could he could carry it. But it just, like, wrong place, wrong time. I know CT and Bearmy both were saying quite a bit. It's kind of funny how neither are here. But both of them were like, this makes me think that Macklin was never going to beat Alexander. And then we can we can talk about that till we're blue in the face. We might learn someday in, like, a documentary about what the truth of it is when Alexander talks about what the plans were, blah, 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 20 years from now. But... We'll never know. But it wasn't going to be Kushida, I know that. Uh, so the fact that Macklin got it, kept it against PCO, which really seemed like a stronger challenger than Shelly did. That's why I was like, Shelly's not going to win that, no way. So, yeah, it's very, very weird. Uh, but what about the Bloodline side of all this then, with with the Usos and all that as main event guys? Can I just add something? I made a mistake. Um, I thought he was a, the younger brother. Um... That's Jeremiah Fott, too. He's gotten a lot bigger. <laughs> He's a young year younger than the Usos, so uh, I'm wrong. That is their closest brother that's trying to join wrestling now. Good lord. That's not Zilla. That's Themecla, whatever uh, you said it was? I yeah, Tomiko, yeah. Tomiko. I saw Thecla was like someone, like is like a stardom name, which is why it's stuck in my head. But, well, he looks that up. Red, again, bloodline stuff. What are you thinking? Because I know this is a funny thing. You've been saying Solo would be the one to beat Roman for, it feels like, since Clash, or even before he was there. And I know I've outright said no. Um, we're at the point now where I'd be like, okay, I can see it. They've built him to the point. Now I can see it happening. Uh, but how are you feeling about all this with Roman, Solo, and the Usos? I mean, it, it's another chapter in the story that it... I know for a little bit it was starting to become stale and people were starting to die on it and they just pull this out and let they me can say make, not for me but go ahead <laughs> but they can do stuff like this inner turmoil to the point where so you want to keep turning in and whatnot now here's the thing that I want to see happen because it it can continue the story but not continue it in the way everybody wants it to where Jay turns on Jimmy. Roman had Jay in his pocket the whole time. This was always to turn on Jimmy, and Jay was pissed off at Jimmy for trying to be the one, and he actually told Jay, if you want to be the one, take out your brother. So he's playing Jimmy right now until the moment where he strikes back. And oh, it's a, yeah. and you, get, you split up Jimmy and Jay, so there is no tag team threat. You keep three quarters of the bloodline still going strong, and now you can have Jimmy be a solo man for a little while because he's proved it when he did uh, Jimmy versus Roman that he can be a solo man eventer. And I think if Jimmy and Jay are split... That was Jay versus just, Roman back then. Was, then it, it was Jay. But they're <laughs> twins. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it's Jimmy's turn then. Jimmy would go solo. Because if you have Jimmy and Jay separated, personally, not everybody, but personally, I just feel like, all right, they're just going to go back to the tag division. But if you have them turn between each other and one can stays with the bloodline that nobody expected, you can have the other one go singles route. And yeah work around with other people other no. championships or whatever the case he's, may be if they if this is all a thing and turns on him and they cast jimmy out he's not going elsewhere he's gonna go after roman <laughs> like he's gonna keep fighting them like he's gonna do what sammy did for months like it's he's not going elsewhere he's gonna fight this guy yeah and i think he does don't get me wrong i think he does stick with him but it's gonna get to a point where he's it's moved on and he can continue as a singles after the bloodline storyline, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, Once I see it's that. All said okay. and done, he continues. It's not like you were just like they're gonna kick him out and he's gone. It's like no, 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 no not right okay. away. I'm thinking. All right, so logically, I would think maybe by like Rumble time, the whole bloodline versus Jimmy is kind of fizzling out. Roman's about to go into the world title like storyline where he's getting ready for Mania, whatever that match may become of. Yeah. So now you got Jimmy who could be a solo guy and not have to worry about Jimmy and Jay being tag people. It's, and then later on, like another year or two years from now, you can have them reunite because 
Oh, Jimmy's in a place where he needs Jay. When the Usos reunite, it's going to be a massive pop. When the Bloodline reunites, it's going to be a massive pop. And we're talking like 2025, 2026. Like we're like it's if the Shield reunite now, it's a massive pop. It's it's that like when they reunite. The moment that Sami Zayn helps Roman Reigns for some reason, or one of the Usos, it's going to be massive because they still interact. Like we're at the point now where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are constantly intertwined. Well, now they're it's the, the entire bloodline is in that same breath of that kind of stuff, and it's awesome. Um, I don't see them doing a swerve like that. Now, that t- to be said, they've done this bloodline story in various different ways every single time where they give you what you expect but not how you expect it with a different result, and you're still happy. They've done that every time. I don't see this all being a swerve. That just doesn't seem to be the M.O. of anything they've done over the past three years with the Bloodline. So I don't see that. I'm not, I'm not seeing that at all. If it is a swerve, it's by Jay to get Roman. Like, it, there, there's, like it's them. Esc- Roman's lifted them up, and I see them doing something at this point. Not all a swerve to get from the other side. That's just me. But that, I love the fact that these are both viable options. Or it's a straight up where it implodes and we got all four and we get another version of the Brock, Joe, Braun, Roman universal title match at SummerSlam like six years ago. But it's with Jimmy J, Solo, and Roman. Like, I want that match. That sounds awesome for SummerSlam. That will be chaotic and amazing. And it's it seems inevitable, but I don't know how we got there because it felt like Usos versus Roman and Solo could have been the tag title match. No, it's just a, it's just a match. It's just a big marquee spot. match, so... Uso super kick solo so Roman can spear him to get him out of the way. Yeah. You could really have Jay and um, Solo look at Jimmy and go, he's our older brother, let's take him down together. Like, yep. you can constantly have moments of people doing that and working with each other and hating each other. Yeah. It would be just nuts. It, it sounds like a lot of fun to me. I'm looking forward to that possibility. And it actually makes the potential of money in the bank viable because... That's going to be a knockdown, dragout fight, and someone's going to have money in the bank at that point. Like, could you imagine that though? Like, someone tries to cash in after that match, and it's still the bloodline's like, "Well, no, 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 he still no, has to have that." This no. is ours. That I want that belt, and they all they try to stop for those reasons. Yeah, some of my favorite stuff way way back was a cage match with, uh, I think it was Brett and Sid, where the winner would go on to face the like that was a title match. And it was Brett versus Austin at Mania, and it was Sid versus Taker at Mania. And both Austin and Taker came out to help the other guy win because they wanted their match to be the title match. I'm like, that was cool as shit. Like, they were helping their opponent because they wanted to be the championship match. That would be this. They're like, we don't want someone cashing in money in the bank. We want it. So, yeah. There, there's, there's potential there, and that's a big callback. I just pulled from 1997. I don't care. Um, no, it's a, lot, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's a lot of crazy stuff. And... Yeah, I mean, the Impact stuff, like I said, it's kind of a neat parallel to things. Um, Slammiversary is coming up. Nick Aldis is probably winning it, but he might only be there for a few months. Moose resigned. He stayed on with a funny post where it sounded like, well, leaving Impact is a big decision. This is why I didn't make it. <laughs> it's like, okay, damn you, Moose. I'm bummed because I want to see Moose go elsewhere, but you know what? They use him well. M- AW wouldn't know how to use him right. And WWE might not. And again, there, there might be a hiring freeze for all we know, and they can't. So you know what? He stays on. Moose is happy. I'm happy for him. I just I want to see him do stuff elsewhere. Damn it. But no, Impact is doing... Impact going to Impact, I guess, is the way to put that. Is the fun way to end that. But yeah. But uh, I guess that's it, guys. There's not much more to say here. Uh, Forbidden Door is this weekend. Money in the Bank is next weekend. And there's goddamn a show every weekend with Debt Before Dishonor and All In and All Out, whatever they're doing with those. And Payback is announced. And Fast Lane and SummerSlam and Great American Bash. Great American Bash is thrown in there too. And I mean, yeah, it's a lot of fun stuff. I'm looking forward to it. There's a lot of good shows. But oh my god, it's nonstop. And it's the summer. It's the summer all over again. Here we go. But are you looking forward to it, Red? Hell yeah, I am. Yeah, there we and go. Honestly, that's the only part of the matches that we still have other shows that haven't been announced. I, can, I still see another Impact Descent Fall. If we got another AW show, we well, about for glory. We're gonna have like yeah, we're on like ten shows in twelve weeks, and it's gonna be glorious. I well, know. I mean, 
like I said, Impact has a show July 15th. That's less than a month. Um, Bound for Glory is after that, but they do a pay-per-view a month. Like, they're, they're even streaming their Australia tour on Fight. So get ready to watch that at like 5 in the morning or whatever it is. So, yeah, like there's going to be fun stuff there. That's Macklin versus Shelley rematch. There you go. Fix it up. Make a triple threat for, uh, for Slammiversary. Get Scott Damore PCO out of there against Bully and Macklin. Like, cha- change that up. We don't, we, don't, we don't care about that. But anyway. Basically till mid-August. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. And then we're having a break. And then Labor Day. And all hell breaks loose again. And before Labor Day. And, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. But, uh. Let's call it there, guys. Uh, this is Top of the Card Pod on Twitter, Top of the Card Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, on Spotify, on iTunes, Google Play, all that fun stuff. This is, it's been a crazy one. It's going to be an interesting weekend. It's going to be an interesting week and an interesting summer. So thank you for listening. We hope to have you along for the ride. Have a good night. Top of the car.